your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 708 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers coming off of a game that was a mixed bag, sort of a tale of two games, so to speak. The Rangers were pretty much flat and playing uninspired hockey for the first 35 or so minutes. Then they get a little bit of a fluky goal from Barclay Goodrow. Came off of a turnover uh, from the Coyotes. I mean, nothing against Goodrow. He was very opportunistic here. Put the puck in the net. Uh, but the Rangers obviously did not play well for more than half of this game. Then they really uh, kind of found their legs after that goal by Goodrow. The whole game swung, and uh, the Rangers uh, took it to the Coyotes after that. Had the better of play down the stretch and won this game 4-1. to A much-needed win. I'm going to talk about why. I think this was as close to a must-win game as you will have uh, this early in a hockey season. We're also going to talk about a couple of the lineup adjustments that the Rangers made going into this game. Igor Shesterkin comes up clutch, so we're going to talk about his night, including a big, big sequence by Igor in the second period specifically. We're going to hone in on that moment. A big night for Adam Fox, who just continues to do Adam Fox things. I mean, the guy is uh, spectacular. One of the uh, gold standards of NHL defensemen. And we're also going to talk about uh, Military Appreciation Night at Madison Square Garden. I, I think that's probably uh, a very good place to start. Uh, so, yeah, Military Appreciation Night. And before I even talk about anything that happened in the game, I think I speak for uh, Ranger fans and Locked On and pretty much everybody uh, when I say that anybody who is serving or has served in the past or is going to serve in the future, whatever it might be, uh, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, it's something that is a tremendously selfless thing that you can do. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, again, I think I speak for Ranger fans everywhere when I say, you know, you have our respect and our admiration and uh, just thank you very much. And obviously a great job by the Rangers uh, recognizing the women and men who serve in, uh, you know, the military. And you know, there were a couple different uh, military members that got to participate uh, in this game. You had, before the game, uh, Air Force Officer First Lieutenant Ben Hightower. I'm not sure if he goes by Ben or Benjamin. The PA announcer said Benjamin. Uh, the lower third graphic on the screen said Ben, so I'm not sure. But either way, he did an awesome job with the National Anthem. Uh, there was another instance later in the game where uh, they honored U.S. Navy veteran Sean Gorman. Uh, he was uh, honored, you know, between the play, the, the play stoppage, and got to stand up and, you know, uh, wave to the crowd. And apparently uh, he received a jersey from the New York Ranger players. They had him sitting there in the first or second row, which is awesome as well. And, you know, other military members honored throughout the night as well. It was really kind of a running theme throughout the entire game, as it should be. And again, uh, thank you to everybody who has served, is serving, will serve, whatever it might be. Uh, on to the hockey stuff, though, and why I really think, once again, this was as big of a must-win game as you could possibly have uh, this early in the game. This is an empty-the-tank kind of a game for the Rangers, which is what made it so frustrating that they were basically skating in quicksand to start this game. Because 
Yes, I realize they're on the second game of a back-to-back. You know what? So too are the Coyotes. And I don't want to always sit here and be like, well, second game of a back-to-back. It's the second game of a back-to-back. You know what? You still got to find a way to get the job done and win some games. I always mention that it's the second game of a back-to-back. I don't throw it out there just to like make an excuse for the Rangers if they don't play well. I throw it out there just because, I mean, it is a factor. It is always a little bit of an uphill battle if you're playing in the second game of a back-to-back, especially if your opponent is not. But once again, the Coyotes, too, were playing in the second game of a back-to-back. They had lost to the Devils uh, the night before this. So, yeah, to me, this was a must-win, empty-the-tank kind of a game, especially when you consider the fact that the Rangers do not play uh, today, Monday. They do not play tomorrow, Tuesday. They do not play on Wednesday. They don't play until Thursday. Uh, they're going to be out on the West Coast playing the Seattle Kraken. So, to me, give it everything you've got. Leave it all on the ice. Everybody should be, you know, gasping for air at the end of every shift. And the Rangers just did not play that kind of a game for 35 minutes, which is very disheartening and very frustrating. I know they won the game, but I got to at least call them out on playing some very lackluster hockey uh, for the first, you know, half of the game plus. And another reason why I I just think this was such a must-win game for this team. You lose this game, and you then go into this mini-break having lost five out of six games total, and you top it all off with a home loss to the Arizona Coyotes. And I realize the Coyotes seems like they're starting to put the pieces together a little bit. They're off to a better start this year uh, than they typically get off to. They had won three out of four games coming into this. You still got to win this game. You've got Igor Shesterkin, last year's Vezda winning goalie, going up against Connor Ingram, a guy that's made seven career starts or has appeared in seven career games and has a goals against average north of four. It was a must-win game. And for whatever reason, the Rangers looked like they were skating in quicksand for the first 35 minutes or so. Nobody had any jump. You know, there just wasn't really a whole lot of life. And the Rangers allow 17 shots on goal in the first period. Igor Shesterkin, of course, stopped every single one of them. And we will uh, eventually talk about Igor's night in greater detail in today's episode here. For now, I'll just say, I think this was either Igor's best game of the season or his second best game of the season. The only one that is possibly in contention, you could say maybe the opening night win against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, The Rangers won that game uh, 3-1. Igor stopped 25 of 26 shots in that game against Tampa and some really tremendous saves mixed in, you know, throughout that night, but some tremendous saves here as well and more saves in general. So more quantity, obviously, possibly more quality in this game as well against the Coyotes. He ends up stopping 31 of 32 shots and the biggest reason why the Rangers uh, won this game here. I also want to uh, talk about some of the uh, lineup adjustments and the uh, line combinations that the Rangers went with here. We might as well uh, go ahead and dive right into that. So, the top line is the same that it was in the game prior. You've got Mika centering Kreider and VC. Uh, the second line, a little bit of an adjustment there. You've got Trocek centering Panarin. Obviously, those two are where they always are. But then you had Barclay Goodrow playing the second line right wing spot, moving from the fourth line up to the second line. The third line was the same as well. The kid line, you know, Lafreniere, Hedel, Kako. And then the fourth line, Semi Blay left wing. Uh, Ryan Carpenter center and Julian Gauthier on the right wing. So Gauthier drops from the second line down to the fourth line. Ryan Reeves comes out of the lineup. Uh, He is a healthy scratch for, I believe, now the fourth time in the last five games. Carpenter back into the lineup after being a healthy scratch. He centers the fourth line, and Barclay Goodrow moves from the fourth line to the second line. And as far as, you know, Goodrow getting a chance on the second line and Gauthier dropping down to the fourth line, there's a very specific reason, I think, why the Rangers did that. We're going to get to that in greater detail uh, later in today's episode as well. I mean, you could just say that Goodrow is a better fit there, deserves to be there. You, you could make that argument as well. But there's also a more specific reason why I think the Rangers ended up doing that. And like I said, we will talk about that a little bit later in the episode. 
uh, Vitaly Kravtsov still out of the lineup with uh, apparently the flu as well as a tooth infection. And I don't know. You know, I see a lot of people, they're upset at Kravtsov because, you know, you got you to gotta suck it up and you got to get out there and you got to play. And, you know, this is not the way to win yourself over uh, with Ranger fans. And I, I agree to an extent. Uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, we don't know exactly what Kravtsov, what his condition is. You know, a toothache is one thing. I think certainly there's some players on this team that would be out there playing through a toothache. Uh, as far as having the flu, I don't know. You know, everybody gets hit a little bit differently when they catch the flu. It could be a situation where, you know, he doesn't want to get his teammates sick, although he's been in the locker room, so I, I don't know that that would really be an issue. I don't know. Certain people, when they get sick, they get hit with some dizziness, and they can barely stand up, and, you know, trying to play NHL hockey under such conditions, uh, probably not a recipe for success. So I will generously somewhat give Crafts off the benefit of the doubt. I get the feeling there's guys on this team that probably would have played through this, especially when you look at some of the things that happened the other night. You know, Ryan Lindgren in the Rangers' most recent game before this one, he's out there. He's bleeding all over the ice. Uh, you had Sammy Blay in that game. He blocks a shot. You know, he goes down, blocks a just rocket of a slap shot, went right off his leg. You know, he's hobbling to the bench. You've got Jimmy Vesey later in that game taking a slap shot to the face from Mika Zibanejad. And, uh, you know, VZ, the, the whole one side of his face, the right side of his face was all like, you know, banged up and black and blue. It's probably going to turn every color of the rainbow before it finally goes away. Um, so they're all playing through that stuff and Krasov is not playing. And make of that what you will. Again, it, it's hard for me to say for sure that, all oh, he should be out there because I don't know exactly what his condition is and how he feels. I just get the feeling there are Rangers that probably would have uh, played in similar such circumstances. But you know, it is what it is, and we'll see when Krasov is able to uh, to get back out there. And actually, we'll see if he even cracks the lineup. It's possible he might go back to being a healthy scratch for a game or two, depending on how uh, the Rangers are playing and depending on how certain players are performing, uh, you know, once Krasov is available, whenever that might be. Uh, I do want to uh, certainly talk about Igor Shosturkin and some of his greatest hits from this game. I uh, want to get to Adam Fox, him playing just a whale of a game, one of the few Rangers that Really looked like he was ready to go right from the opening faceoff uh, in this game here against the Coyotes. And we'll get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to soccer to hockey and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And like I said, I want to go ahead and kind of hone in on a couple of Probably the two best Rangers on the ice in this game, I would say Adam Fox and certainly Igor Shosturkin. We'll start with Fox here. He really had his legs right from the opening faceoff. And this despite the fact that he uh, played just a tremendous amount of minutes the other night. And I'm going to pull that up in just a second here as soon as I can find the box score for that game. Let's get to November on the schedule here. Let's get to the Nashville and Ranger game. I know that Fox definitely led uh, all Ranger skaters in time on the ice in that game. I just forget the uh, specific amount, so we're going to pull that up. And yes, Adam Fox played 28 minutes 
and 17 seconds against the Nashville Predators the night before. And yet, he was ready to go on a night where a lot of other Rangers just, again, it seemed like they were skating in quicksand. Nobody really seemed to have that fifth gear. Nobody really seemed to have that drive and determination for the first 35 minutes or so of this game. But Adam Fox was one of the guys who really showed up uh, right from the opening faceoff. He was all over the ice. Just in the middle of everything, I thought he had a really nice night quarterbacking the power play for the Rangers, making some really crisp passes. Uh, he ended up with a secondary assist on a tip-in goal from Kreider. That was a goal that made the score 3-0 in favor of the Rangers. You had Panarin to Fox. Fox with a really quick pass to Mika. Mika the slap pass to Kreider. Kreider with a tip-in goal. But, you know, Adam Fox always out there and uh, running point on the Ranger power play. So always very, very nice to see. But, you know, again, after a night where he played 28 minutes plus against the Predators, he plays 26 minutes and 43 seconds in this game. He spent five minutes and 12 seconds on the ice while the Rangers were on the power play and seven minutes and two seconds while the Rangers were shorthanded. So uh, special times minutes alone, he was out there for 12 minutes and... Uh, and 14 seconds, so pretty wild. I mean, there's Rangers skaters that don't log that much ice time uh, the entire night. I mean, you can look at the fourth line, for example, there. Uh, but, you know, Foxy ends up with a goal and an assist because, of course, he does. You just you can't keep this guy off the score sheet, and he's a defenseman. It really is great to see one of the uh, true, you know, standard bearers as far as uh, defensemen in this league. I want to also talk about Igor Shesterkin because, I mean, he was phenomenal. Like I said, th there's no way that this wasn't either his best or his second best performance of the season thus far. Unless there's a game I'm forgetting or maybe a certain performance that I'm selling short. To me, it's either this or the opening night win uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, but yeah, the first period, you know, just to kind of spotlight a couple of his better saves in the game. Uh, he made an awesome save on a one-timer. This is when the Rangers were basically just sleepwalking. But, I mean, sliding save on a one-timer. You also had a situation where uh, Hayden took a whack at Igor there. You had Miller and Trocek knocking him down to the ice. Uh, Trocek and Hayden both get penalties on this uh, sequence here. But a great save by Igor. And then this one, this was a huge save in the second period. Uh, you had the Coyotes winning a 50-50 puck, a board battle. You know, Fox, Linger, and Lafreniere were all there, but the Coyotes come away with it. Leads to a long offensive zone possession for Arizona. And then Stetcher gets the puck. He explodes up the left side, up the boards, uh, goes to the net. Awesome point-blank save by Igor against Stetcher on this play. Uh, Stetcher went right around Julian Gauthier, who is not exactly known as a defensive specialist. Um, you know, I'm not even picking on Gauthier here because, like I said, for the most part, just about every player on the Rangers had a lackluster first half of this game, but uh, that obviously stood out here. But the biggest sequence for Igor Shesterkin in this game and the biggest save that he made also occurred in the second period. You've got... Arizona on the power play thanks to an ill-advised interference penalty against Vincent Trocek. And you've got a situation here where, uh, let's see. So so Kreider, the, the Raiders actually got a shorthanded opportunity. Kreider had a shot that was turned aside. But then just after this, Coyotes come back the other way. They're still on the power play. And uh, Igor with just a nasty point-blank save against Keller. Keller, you know, drove to the slot, had a lot of momentum going toward the net. One of those plays that it just has goal written all over it. And Igor didn't catch it clean, but he got his glove on it, steered it away from the net. And that was awesome to see. And, and not too long after this, the Rangers scored a couple of goals. And we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, apparently after this save by Igor, and I don't think the MSG uh, cameras caught this, but uh, apparently Chuba and Miller, you know, during a play stoppage, they, they tend to leave Igor alone and just let him kind of do his thing. But they both went up to him and gave him a tap for that save. And then apparently a little bit later in the game, uh, Kreider and Hayek did the same thing. This per uh, Sam and Joe in the booth, who obviously can uh, 
can see those things. Um, but yeah, right after this, right after the kill by the Rangers, uh, the game swings on what was basically uh, a mistake by the Coyotes, a lucky bounce for the Rangers, whatever you want to call it, but a bad giveaway by the Coyotes in their own zone. You know, they tried to quickly make an outlet pass, move the move the puck up the ice and, and get it going in the opposite direction, but uh, they were a little bit too hasty in doing so, and basically the puck goes toward the net. Uh, you've got the goalie poking the puck away, but Barclay Goodrow immediately gets to it and shoots it as soon as the puck gets to him and puts it into the net. So an unassisted goal by Barclay Goodrow there. Like I said with Goodrow in the past, you know, he seems to just, he's not an offensive juggernaut for sure. He did set career highs in points last season, and he can certainly chip in from time to time. But I think the thing that was uh, just really impressive here is just the fact that, you know, he's always just kind of uh, Johnny on the spot for this team. It seems like when the Rangers really need something, he tends to do something offensively, he tends to score a goal in a spot where the Rangers could really use it. Barkley Goodrow, you know, just one of those glue guys and uh, somebody that comes up clutch in spots like this. And man, did they need a goal here. They needed anything to feel good about, anything to feel positive about. And uh, Barkley Goodrow, once again, coming through for this team. And then right after this, the Rangers score another goal. You've got Adam Fox circling behind the net. He passes up to Philip Hedl. Uh, the shot was blocked. And then Fox gets it back tries to uh, take a shot. It gets blocked again, but Fox picks it back up and shoots and scores. And just like that, the Rangers are up two to nothing. And that's a six-game point streak for Adam Fox. Uh, he's got three goals and six assists in that time. And then the kid line went out there right after this goal, had a really strong shift as well. Did not score, obviously. But by this point, the Rangers had really kind of uh, found their legs and gotten it rolling and uh, were looking good and were well on their way to uh, defeating this Arizona Coyotes team. So, and then just one more thing I wanted to say about Igor real quick, by the way. The fact that uh, the Coyotes, you know, they got six power play opportunities. They only scored one goal on those chances. And they have, uh, believe it or not, the Coyotes, the third best power play uh, in the league, at least just going by success rate coming into this game. So props for Igor uh, holding them at bay there. The Rangers were very good on the penalty kill, but so too was Igor uh, stopping seven of eight shots while the Rangers were shorthanded. And we're going to keep everything rolling here, continue to uh, break this game down, talk about how the Rangers are taking a couple too many penalties in recent games. Uh, that was the case in this game as well. We are going to give some props to the Ranger penalty kill. I, I sort of just did that, but we'll get into uh, greater detail there. And uh, the Rangers' decision to go with three lines as well as the situation where Mika Zibanejad uh, was unable to avoid Connor Ingram, the Coyotes goalie. So we got a lot still to do here on Locked on New York Rangers, and we're going to get to all that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked on New York Rangers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you will not want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. Do not miss your chance to save big on the only security system that we recommend. 
Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, so like I said, uh, kind of an old bad habit by the Rangers seems to be creeping in in the last couple of games, and I've not gone too hard on them for this because I think the Rangers have recently played in a couple of games where the officials seem to be calling it pretty tight as far as penalties are concerned, not just against the Rangers, but also against their opponents. A couple of ticky-tack penalties here and there. You know, the Rangers were in that game against Nashville that was just so nasty and, and such a dogfight, so there are going to be some penalties there as well, you, you would figure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are too many instances where the Rangers are taking penalties that they just do not need to uh, to take. And a couple of examples in this game in the second period. So you had a situation where the Rangers took two offensive zone penalties within just a couple of minutes of each other. Uh, Carpenter for a cross check, Vincent Trocek for interference. And, you know, Carpenter, he had a chance to score here. And he actually did score later in the game. His first goal as a Ranger. Um, but there's a pass from Barclay Goodrow out of the corner in front to Ryan Carpenter. Carpenter's looking for the tip-in goal. He almost scores, but immediately after missing the tip-in, he turns around and cross-checks a defenseman in the back. So a pretty easy call for the official there. Not really a ton of gray area or anything like that. And he's able to, to, uh, you know, he's not able to score and he ends up taking the penalty. Uh, So that was unfortunate uh, for sure. Put the Rangers shorthanded. And then a little bit later in the game, look, Trocek, he plays with a lot of energy. He's a ball of fire out there. You got to like that. And maybe he's trying to spark his team. But the puck, once again, is in the Arizona zone. Coyotes move the puck, and he follows through and finishes his check, uh, kind of an open ice check a little bit in front of the uh, the Arizona net there. But it was just way too late. I mean, the, this guy had gotten rid of the puck uh, several seconds before Trocek got there, and Trocek followed through with his check anyway. Now, you're allowed to finish your check. If somebody just gets rid of the puck, you can hit them right after that. But like I said, a lot of time had gone by here. And so the referees, I would say, rightly called it interference against Trocek. And you're playing with fire, like I said, because the Coyotes, once again, believe it or not, third-ranked power play coming into this game. So you don't want to be taking a lot of penalties, specifically these two uh, unnecessary offensive zone penalties. So the Rangers got to watch that going forward uh, to be sure. But like I said, the good news here is the Ranger penalty kill was awesome. Coyotes go just one for six. And I would say the first... 35 minutes of this game were basically a debacle for the Rangers, but one area where they did excel was indeed on the penalty kill. That kept them in the game, just like Igor Shesterkin kept them in the game. And with the Rangers being shorthanded so often in this game, I feel like I got to give a shout out to some of the workhorses. Uh, Barclay Goodrow led all Ranger forwards with 539 on the penalty kill. There's Goodrow again, you know, coming up big for the Rangers in spots where they really need it, doing some of the blue-collar work. Uh, Jimmy Vesey was out there for 504. Uh, As far as the defensemen are concerned, you had uh, three Ranger defensemen with four-plus minutes of time on the ice while shorthanded. Adam Fox, like I said, out there for 7.02 of shorthanded time for the Rangers. Keandre Miller out there for 4.25, and Ryan Lindgren out there for an even four minutes. So a really nice job uh, by the Ranger penalty kill, keeping this apparently dangerous uh, Arizona power play unit at bay for pretty much the entire night. You know, they got one later in the game, but I I think you'll take one for six. Um, And then... You know, also want to talk about this decision by the coaching staff to go with three lines. And I'm not sure if maybe this was uh, the plan going into this game. You know, on one hand, the Rangers are on a second game of a back-to-back. So you figure, you know, everybody will be getting ice time in a game like this. Uh, By that same token, as I already mentioned, the Rangers have three straight days off before they play their next game. So it's kind of an empty the tank kind of a game as well. And that being the case, 
And I don't think this is an in-game decision. I, I don't know this for sure. I get the feeling this was the decision that was made by Gallant and the coaching staff coming into this game to mostly just go with three lines, especially down the stretch. The fourth line barely played down the stretch at all for the Rangers in this game. You had Sammy Blay, who had eight minutes and 54 seconds of ice time. Uh, Carpenter was out there for 748, and Julian Gauthier out there for 623 which isn't like a tremendously low amount for your fourth line. But again, they they barely played in the third period and, and down the stretch when this game was really in crunch time for the New York Rangers. Um, and as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I think that's why it then makes sense to drop Gautier out of the top six, put him on the fourth line, and move Goodrow up to the second line on the right wing. Because you do not want a situation where Barclay Goodrow is only going to play six or seven or eight minutes. You know, you want him out there. He's an important player for this Ranger team. And Julian Gauthier, look, I mean, he had his chance. He got to play in the top six in the most recent game. Didn't really do a whole lot with it. Missed a potential game-tying tipping goal against the Predators. And look, if you're going to have Julian Gauthier or Barclay Goodrow getting a very insignificant amount of ice time, I think you want it to be Julian Gauthier. And it's nothing against Gauthier, but you want Barclay Goodrow out there. And uh, obviously, he played very well in this game for the New York Rangers. Uh, I got to talk about also this situation where Mika Zibanejad uh, basically crashed into Connor Ingram, the goalie for the Arizona Coyotes. So, interesting play here. You know, Mika gets behind the Arizona defense. The puck is, uh, you know, just laying in a, a spot on the ice, and Mika's trying to get there first, and he's got to pick it up and go toward the net, and that's exactly what he does. Uh, Mika tracks it down, veers to his left, to the net, and... I think Mika kind of went with a changeup here. You know, he tried to go for that, you know, just kind of sliding the puck between the goalie's legs. Uh, you had Ingram moving hard from his right to his left and trying to, uh, you know, cut off the angle for Mika Zibanejad. And he makes the save, really nice save by Ingram there. As he's sliding to his left, though, you know, Mika's going behind the net. Uh, Ingram kept going, Mika kept going, and Ingram's head and Mika's, you know, left hip collide. And, you know, Ingram's head kind of snapped back in the one direction. And... Next thing you know, the entire Arizona Coyotes team is jumping Mika Zibanejad. Now, on one hand, I understand why the Coyotes did that, because we all know, let's be real with ourselves here. If contact like this was made against Igor Shesterkin, we would want every Ranger on the ice to go after that player and make some things happen and let it be known that that's not going to be tolerated. However... It's pretty obvious to me that there was no intent here whatsoever. Ingram was flying from one side to the other. Mika's just circling around behind the net. And Mika's a Benajad of pretty much every player on the New York Rangers. He is not that guy. He's not the kind of guy that's going to, um, you know, take take a free shot at the opposing goalie. Uh, forget it. He's, he's not that kind of player. He's not that kind of person. And, you know, again, I do understand the Coyotes sticking up for their goalie. But then there was an incident later in this game where, you know, they were still uh, going after Mika's a Benajad. Uh, Mika was going toward the bench, and you had Richie and Hayden uh, both going after Mika, both shoving him. You know, Richie shoved him in the back because, you know, tough guy uh, Nick Richie going after a non-fighter, par for the course with him. Of all people, of all people in this league to get upset with somebody for running a goalie or making contact with a goalie, uh, I can't think of one any more hypocritical than Nick Richie. We saw Nick Richie spend a couple of seasons with the Boston Bruins a couple of years ago. There was a season... Uh, two years ago, Richie, no fewer than three times during the course of that season, made contact with the head of a New York Ranger goalie. You know, he'd hit Igor Shesterkin, he'd elbow him in the head on the way by. There was one game where uh, Georgiev was down on the ice and, you know, scrambling in the, in the crease and trying to get his glove over the puck, which he did. And then Nick Ritchie all of a sudden just forgets how to skate, falls down on the back of Alex Georgiev's head. Uh, and that's what makes me matter than anything about, about Richie is this guy... 
He is the master of accidentally on purpose making contact with the head of your goalie. That's all he's good at, really. And, and you know, he does that, and now he's going to go after Mika Zibanejad in a situation where it's so obviously an accident. You know what, man? Go ahead and, and go after Ryan Reeves. And I realize Reeves didn't play in this game, but go ahead and go after Ryan Reeves or, you know, go after somebody else who will fight on the Rangers, maybe a Barclay Goodrow or Ryan Lindgren or Jacob Truba, whoever it might be. No, he's not going to do that because he's Nick Ritchie. Um, but anyway, uh, rant over there. Just the hypocrisy of that is just is just through the roof. Uh, Nick Ritchie taking issue with somebody making contact with his goalie. Um, I figure, uh, you know, we talked about pretty much every goal in this game. We, we talked about that sequence where Igor made the big save, and it led to two uh, quick Ranger goals. We talked about the Kreider tipping goal. We might as well go ahead and end today by talking about uh, the Ryan Carpenter goal. He took a bad penalty earlier in this game. Made up for it a little bit here, though. Uh, scores on a tipping goal. Nice redirection. Uh, gave the Rangers a 4-1 lead. You had Braden Schneider taking a shot from the blue line, and uh, Carpenter's there in front of the net. He redirects it, tips it into the net. Uh, he gets his first goal as a New York Ranger. Uh, kept the puck. You could tell it really meant a lot to him. Uh, he grew up as a Ranger fan, as we've talked about before on this show. Uh, they got the puck for him. I think it was uh, somebody scooped it up for him. Might have been uh, might have been Goodrow. Somebody got the puck for him, though, and gave it to one of the, uh, the Ranger you know staff members there. So that was nice to see and uh, gave the Rangers a little bit of breathing room, and they went on to... Uh, what turned out to be a pretty nice 4-1 to win. I, it's kind of hard to rank a game like this because, like I said, they were bad for 35 minutes. They were great for the last 25 minutes. At least they finished strong. At least they got some secondary scoring. Uh, the penalty kill held up. They got a power play goal. There were definitely uh, some positives in this game. Igor Shesterkin was awesome. Adam Fox was awesome. So a little bit of a mixed bag, but bottom line, they got the win. And like I said, this is as big of a win as they've had all season. I know the Coyotes are not expected to be world beaters this season, but the Rangers had to win this game one way or another. You could not go into, you know, a lengthy break here, losing five out of six and having it all topped off with a loss to the Arizona Coyotes. So, yeah, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of every day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. In our next episode of Locked On New York Rangers, I think we're going to check in with the Hartford Wolfpack as well as uh, several of the New York Rangers' top prospects and see how they're all faring in their respective leagues. So once again, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.